You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and to subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check out the podcast free and available everywhere, wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and to subscribe so you never miss a single edition of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, unless it's a holiday or breaking news or something else comes up, I'm right here answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. And if you did not participate this week, shame on you. It's okay. Next week, I'll be back with the weekly Friday mailbag. All you got to do is at me or DM me over on Twitter, and I'll answer them right here on the show. Now, this episode of Lockdown Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. All right, let's get into the show today. Now, yesterday, I talked about Derek Carr potentially coming here to Carolina and having a visit to try and uh, ramp up the price there um, for the New Orleans Saints, where it's very clear that's the leader in the clubhouse for him to go there. Dennis Allen was his head coach back when he was drafted by the Raiders and a reunion in New Orleans. Makes sense. Solid roster. He's good enough to where the Saints should be in contention for the division title next year. Don't love that, but that's going to happen. Make him pay a little bit more the third-round pick. Now, someone sent me a tweet earlier today from, like, JPA Football. Um, It's one of those, like, aggregation Twitter sites where they take what's actually people reporting and then they tweet it out and then they have a ton of followers, which is great for them. Here's a rule. If someone pays for Twitter, if they pay for that blue check mark, they pay for Twitter blue, they're a dork. And you should not trust anything that they say. Now, you can look at me like, oh, hey, Julian, I saw your Twitter account. You have a blue check mark. Don't you pay for Twitter? No, 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 no. I, I didn't pay for it. Lockdown got it for me. I didn't ask for it. I ain't ever going to pay Elon Musk $8 to have a blue check mark and somewhat, or somewhat of a status symbol. I don't care about that. I'm just telling y'all, maybe don't send me stuff from a dude who steals other people's reports and claims to have sources. He ain't got sources. If you're going to say sources, at least tag the person who actually has the sources and who actually reported that. So we saw that, and I saw that tweet. Someone said that to me. So maybe the Carolina Panthers did request a visit with Derek Carr. I don't know. Either way, try the price up, but actually don't sign him. And I'm going to tell you all again, I want them to draft a quarterback. That's what I think they should do. Then I want them to get a veteran backup quarterback and then have Matt Corral. Those are the three guys I want. Rookie quarterback drafted in the top 10, uh, Brissett or a Darnold or a Dalton, someone like that to be a serviceable backup you can trust for a couple weeks if need be. And then Matt Corral. That's what I want. So I'm hoping I'm saying this plainly enough for anyone who's going to be like, hey, man, I saw you want Derek Carr. I don't want Derek Carr. I just want to make life more difficult for the Saints. So I hope I've made myself clear. I'm sure it's still not getting through someone's skull right now. 
but we won't worry about it. All right, weekly Friday mailbag, uh, Locked on Panthers, at me, DM me, at Julian Council. Follow first. Don't be a hater. All right, um, over to Tyler, who has a question about Matt Corral and his future here in Carolina, asking, do you think there's any chance the Panthers like Matt Corral enough to stick with him as quarterback and sign a capable veteran and draft best player available at nine or is it just a foregone conclusion that the Panthers are all in on getting a rookie quarterback this year? I know the Colts didn't bring in Corral for a pre-draft visit, so maybe Reich wasn't high on him to begin with. Now, to answer that last statement there about the Colts not bringing in Matt Corral, they already had traded for Matt Ryan after the Falcons went all in on trying to bring in Deshaun Watson and in the process alienated a guy who's been their franchise quarterback and been a pretty damn good player for the Falcons. Say whatever you want about Matt Ryan. The dude was good. He was an MVP one year. He was totally fine. Yeah, they blew a 28-3 lead. Never, ever, ever forget that. But he's a good player. And hell, give me a Matt Ryan and whoever gets drafted. Let C.J. Stroud have the career Matt Ryan had in Atlanta here in Carolina. Now let's win more, but give me that career. Take me to the Super Bowl. Let's not have the, the, the blown lead. Let's not do that. But give me that career from Bryce Young from Will Levis, from Anthony Richardson, Hidden Hooker. Give me that career with whoever comes here. I would take that. So knowing that they already had Matt Ryan, why would they talk to Matt Corral when they have Sam Ellinger, who started a couple games this past year uh, before Wright got fired and after Wright got fired in Indianapolis. He was a middle-round draft pick, just like Matt Corral was out of the University of Texas. Didn't make a lot of sense for them to go out there and get Corral and really to bring in any of these quarterbacks when – it was a terrible quarterback class, and we've kind of seen how that played out. Now, as far as Matt Corral's chances of actually getting an opportunity to be QB1 here, it feels um, less than like zero at this point, but that's clearly not the case. I'm going to speak in absolutes. Learn my lesson there. It's unlikely right now that that's going to happen. Throughout the coaching search, I felt that someone was not going to come here and attach themselves to Matt Corral, a player who played in two preseason games, did not look great in either one of them. And yes, the receivers out there weren't great, but in particular, the offensive line was an abomination, which led to his injury with that foot in New England. Right then and there, the likelihood of him ever having an opportunity to start here in Carolina was very slim. Just to see what was going to happen with Baker Mayfield. And then if the Panthers did not get an answer in 2023, Matt Rule would not be here. A new head coach would be. So why would that coach then hinge themselves on a player who did not play at all last year and was so highly valued by the NFL that he went late in the third round. The Panthers had to trade up to go get him, and he was the fourth quarterback taken in what was considered a bad quarterback draft. So I have a hard time thinking that Frank Reich or the Panthers, and I guess Frank Reich and the Panthers organization, the Brass, really, truly believe in Matt Corral. Now, if they did, that would be great because then, yes, they could bring in that veteran quarterback like quarterback, like a quarter black, I guess if it is a uh, percent, but to bring in that veteran QB, like a Darnold, like a uh, Andy Dalton, like a percent, and then go best player available at nine. I just don't think that's what they're going to do. So yeah, it does kind of feel like a foregone conclusion that they're going to get a rookie. They already tried the Darnolds, the uh, Bakers and the Teddy Bridgewaters of the world. It's time to do it the right way and get a quarterback there early in the first round who you actually believe in and who the NFL actually values as a first-round talent. All right, over to Luke, who has a question about the Panthers' a tight end problem. Uh, what can the Panthers do to improve production at the tight end position? 
Uh, Ian Thomas obviously isn't good, and while Trimble has flashed, it seems his ceiling is tight end two. Would you be opposed moving Trimble to more of an H-back role, having Thomas as a tight end two, and then bringing in a starter via either the draft or free agency with seemingly a lot of talent in both? Yeah, so what can the Panthers do to improve their production at tight end? Get a tight end who can actually catch the football and do something with it after the catch. That's where I would start. Now, as far as positionally, whether Trimble should be an H-back and where Thomas should line up and all of that, we got to figure out, you know, who's the OC and who's really going to be calling the plays. It's going to be Frank Reich's offense. I don't really look – I'm not really concerned about all that kind of stuff, to be honest with you. Like, Ian Thomas, fine player. He has never materialized into the replacement for Greg Olson that we hoped he would be. He showed flashes in those first two years, but once Matt Rule came into town, Clearly, the offense that they were running under Joe Brady, then the last year um, when um, you had, God, I can't remember his name, who stepped in, but then this past season with Ben McAdoo, the tight end just was not something that they were really all that interested in utilizing, and they clearly did not have the personnel to utilize them at a high level, whether it's Trimble or Thomas. Now, it's funny to me, the Carolina Panthers drafted tight end out of Notre Dame, and they draft one who is a run blocker, which was what Trimble's calling card was in that draft a couple years ago. Look at players like Tyler Eifert, Kyle Rudolph, Cole Komet. Those dudes have been drafted in the last decade out of Notre Dame, and they were pass catching tight ends. Now you have another one in Michael Mayer coming out this year who is probably a first-round talent. Will he go in the first round? I don't know. You would love to have a player like that. Now, can the Panthers get him? If he's a first-round guy, probably not. If he's there in the second round, possibly. But they also could look in free agency and try to get some other players. Now, speaking of free agency, Aaron is asking me, who are three or five free agents worth taking a shot at for the Panthers? I'll give you three. And I've already mentioned one of them. Jacoby Brissett. There's already that relationship that he had built in Indianapolis with Frank Reich. He's a free agent. He's been a starter in New England, in Cleveland, in Indianapolis. He's just not a guy that you want to start for 17 games. He's a guy you can manage to have starting out there for five or six games. Not 11 like last year in Cleveland, but five or six If you really wanted the rookie quarterback to come out here and earn it, but then give your team an opportunity to go out there and win football games at the beginning of the season before handing the keys over to that rookie, if that's how you want to go about it and make it a true meritocracy, Jacoby Brissett is a perfect person to have in there. And everything I've read and heard about this dude, locker rooms love him. So, yeah, Jacoby Brissett, bring him in. I also had a conversation with someone last night that was telling me, Sam Darnold doesn't seem like he's likely to come back to Carolina. I'm not broken up about that. So, Jacoby Brissett... That's someone the Panthers should target in free agency because they need a veteran backup, and he is the perfect one, I think, to come here to Carolina. Now, as far as tight end, you were asking about that. I've talked about Hayden Hurst. I've talked about Mike Kosicki. I've talked about um, uh, Dalton Schultz. The best one this past year was Evan Ingram in, in Jacksonville. And the Jags should be making him a priority to bring that guy back. The Panthers should also be making him a priority to bring him in this offense because Evan Ingram – can play y'all so yeah that's the one I'm trying to target and also looking at the defensive changes the three four there's some thoughts that maybe Jeremy Chin plays more of that big nickel role comes closer into the box and closer to the line of scrimmage and is not a true safety there is a player who is available who a team that's had success the last two years was not willing to pay last year and decided to slap the tag on I'm talking about Jesse Bates up there in Cincinnati with the Bengals He's a free agent. He's a hell of a player. And the Panthers should be looking at him to come down here and to play safety. Like, that is someone who I am absolutely trying to target here in free agency. I know it's going to be pricey. 
But why not try and make it happen if you can, knowing that you're going to have a rookie salary quarterback probably. You're going to have a guy in a veteran backup in Jacoby Reset, maybe not making that much money. Evan Ingram, you're going to have to pay him too. That's going to be kind of difficult. But you can maneuver the salary cap. You can kind of push this money a little bit down the road, and you can fit it in. So those are three guys I'm looking at. Brissett as a backup, Evan Ingram as your pass-catching tight end, Jesse Bates as a playmaker, ball hawk at backer at safety, and allow you to be able to move chin up in the box if you want to do that. Those are three free agents I'm looking at for the Carolina Panthers that they could potentially target next month as the new league year comes around and free agency opens up. All right, let's take a quick pause here on the show, then I'll come back and answer more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked on Panthers. But first, Valentine's Day is coming up, which means romance is in the air more than usual. And I don't need to tell you lovebirds that. You've probably already had date plans on your calendar for weeks, but have you found the perfect Valentine's Day gift yet? Whether you're celebrating this day of romance or whether you're ready to pop the question, you can find jewelry as unique as she is with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. At BlueNile.com, you can find the perfect piece of jewelry for life special moments or even create the custom engagement ring of her dreams. Their simple online tools let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as a setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft the perfect piece for to your specifications. Blue Nile provides expert guidance, in-depth educational materials, and unique online tools that place you in control so you can forget about the usual hassles of the jewelry shopping process and focus all on the romance. Blue Nile's diamond price guarantee allows you to compare a competitor's diamond against one of theirs. Blue Nile can even meet or beat their price. Every order is insured and arrives quickly in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shipping is free and so are returns. So right now you can save up to 50% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com for up to 50% off. BlueNile.com. This episode of Locked on Panthers is also brought to you by our new betting partner over at Fan Duel, the number one sports book in America. And it's the only app you need at your Super Bowl party this year. And we are so excited about this new partner. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. No waiting around. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more of FanDuel, official sportsbook partner, of the NFL. Let's get back into your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. At me or DM me to participate next week on the show. Over now to William, who has questions about running backs. Y'all know how I feel about running backs. They should all be making federal minimum wage, seven twenty-five an hour, twenty-nine hours a week, no overtime, no benefits, none of that. Of course, I'm joking. They should be making vet minimum. At most. Um, okay, over to William. He says, if we are unable to retain Foreman, which wouldn't break my heart, and Dalvin Cook becomes a cap casualty, do you think he would fit in Reich's offense? I know Hubbard has shown promise, but I'm not sold that he's an every down running back. With that said, do you have a guy in mind that might fit in well under the new regime? Now, I did see, I think Mike K 
of the Charlotte Observer brought up Deontay Foreman uh, maybe this week or last week. They all blend together, the, the tweets, the Twitter. God, it's awful. Um, but I do love it, addicted to it. He had brought up Deontay Foreman where Foreman was great in some games, but in other games, he was just a no-show. So when he's really good, he's really good. When he's bad, he's really bad. Now, he wasn't fumbling or anything like that. He's just rushing totals were not great. Now, that's teams obviously selling out to stop the run like Pittsburgh did, and that's also the offensive line having a bad day and just not really betting on the quarterback to beat you. Now, Sam Darnold did have a couple good games. Like the Pittsburgh game, he was like one of the lone um, bright spots that afternoon in um, Heinz Field South, or sorry, Akersher Stadium South here in Charlotte, North Carolina, in what was an embarrassing loss to a Steelers team that found a way to go 9-8. and eight. But at that point in time, it didn't look like they had anything to play for, and they were this close to going to the playoffs. So it shows you how much I know about the Pittsburgh Steelers and their resiliency under Mike Tomlin, who still has not had a losing season. Um, but I, I know from what Frank Reich said at the press conference and from what I did see in Indianapolis, he wants to run the football. And he talked about what went wrong in Indy was when they weren't able to run the football anymore. Well, Jonathan Taylor had his injuries this season, and he was coming off of a, what, an all-pro year back in 2021. He's an excellent running back. He was excellent at Wisconsin. I love to see how well he's translated to the NFL and how well he's played up in Indianapolis, but he's going to want a back who you can rely on. And Foreman has been good, and maybe he can be better. I think you just have to also understand that there was a reason why about a year and a half ago he was not on a roster. And that's not to say that, over the last year and a half, he's proven it himself because he certainly has proven himself. He certainly has proven that he should be on someone's roster as a running back. Now, is he RB1? Is he an everyday guy or an every down back that you're going to trust? I don't know if that's the case. We only got to see – we got a 12-game sample size of it, and some of it was good, some of it was bad. And he did have an injury at some point in time, so maybe that kind of hindered his ability. But I do like Deontay Foreman. I just don't love the idea of paying a running back, and he's going to get more – then he got this past season. I just don't think that's necessarily a priority when there's so many guys that come out of college who don't have as much mileage on them that can do the exact same job for less. Now, Dalvin Cook, yeah, he's going to cost too much in my opinion. I don't know um, what his salary is right now, and it's one of the highest running back salaries in the NFL. I can't imagine he's going to come down to Carolina and he's going to accept what kind of deal I would want the Panthers now to hand out. Now, what kind of deal would they give him? I don't know. Chuba Hubbard, totally fine. He's going to be gone after 2024. That's not somebody you're really going to sign up for. But go ahead and get somebody to be in there with Chuba in the running and at the running back position who can go out there and make plays. Like who's the guy Pacheco from the Kansas City Chiefs? I don't know when they drafted him. I don't think he was a high draft pick, was he? I know a couple of years ago they went out there and drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire out of uh, LSU. He was a seventh round pick, and he was one of their key. He's a seven rounder who had. 830 yards um, rushing in the regular season and five touchdowns, and he was been one of their key players over the last month of the season as Edwards Alaire has been on IR. You don't need to run it, pay a running back. You can draft someone in the seventh round like Kansas City did and get the production that you're hoping for. So anybody, literally any running back, bring him in. I'm <laughs> not really concerned about this name or that name. Like Bijan Robinson would be great. He's going in the first round for whatever reason. Can't get him. Give me the other guy from Texas. I don't care. Just put someone back there and pay him pennies. Okay, uh, Brandon, do you think there's any interest in Eric Bieniemy? I assume as the OC. Uh, I keep hearing he's probably leaving because they won't say it, but Matt Nagy ruined any chance of KC 
OC getting a job. I think getting him would be a big, just curious on your thoughts. So you believe that Eric Bieniemy has not gotten a job because Matt Nagy, who went to the playoffs twice in Chicago, ended up not being a genius offensively like he led us to believe after Cody Parkey had the double doink in that loss to the Eagles a couple years ago. I don't believe that. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. Was an Andy Reid OC and has had success. Mike Kafka, who was the quarterback coach there under Bienemy and under Andy Reid, went to New York, had success this past season with Daniel Jones. And I think most people are pinning that success on Brian Dable, who I think is going to be the coach of the year. Now I know NFL Honors is going on Thursday before I'm while well, I mean I'm after I record this podcast and before y'all listen to it. So I don't know what happens there, but he's probably going to be coach of the year. But Kafka, last time I checked, he's um I think he's a finalist out there in Arizona. So if he gets a job, that pretty much dispels what you're saying there that Nag- that Matt Nagy ruined the chance of anybody from the KC getting an OC job. I don't know what's going on with his interviews. I had a conversation about this the other night with somebody that I guess Bianami has like a list of ten things he wants to go over, and then once you get to like number eleven. Uh, on the list, which he doesn't have. He kind of just, like, is bad there. There might also be some other things in his past. I don't know. I have no idea what the deal is with Eric Bieniemy, But it has been quietly said over the last couple weeks um, that he wants to go somewhere else and to prove that it's not just Andy Reid, that it's not just Patrick Mahomes, that he actually is a good play caller, that he actually can run an offense and have one of the top offenses in the, in the league. Now, it would help, obviously, if he does it with a quarterback and Baltimore has been one of the places that he's could potentially interview at, and they've requested to speak to him, or at least they want to speak to him at some point in time when the chief season's over, which will be after Sunday evening and Super Bowl 57 in the desert. So he could go there. Ron Rivera, apparently in the Washington commandos, I have interest in bringing him there where he would more than likely work with Sam Howell, the fifth rounder out of North Carolina next season. I don't know if that's what he necessarily wants to sign up for, but if he does, then there's no excuse. If they go out there and have a good offense where it's like, Hey, he took a second-year player in Sam Howell, and he had a good season with him. So clearly this guy knows he's doing offensively, maybe gave him a job. So I don't know if the Panthers have much interest in Eric Bieniemy. Again, we're waiting to see what's going to happen with the Super Bowl, mainly in Philadelphia, because you're waiting for really Shane Steichen. Does Steichen get the job with the Colts? Does he get the job? I don't think he's a finalist in Arizona, but does he get the Colts job? If he does, then Brian Johnson would then be elevated as the OC there in Philadelphia. You're also potentially waiting for Kevin Petula, who I brought up, who was a former wide receiver coach there in Indianapolis under Frank Reich, who went with Nick Sirianni to the Colts. So maybe he comes down here to Carolina to be the OC. We're waiting until Philadelphia and Kansas City season's over before we're really going to get an answer at OC. And at this moment, it does not feel like Eric Bieniemy is one of those targets. And you have to remember that he also interviewed here in Carolina. I don't know if he interviewed in Washington ever, but, I, but we did see Jero Vero decide to take the job here. I don't know. But um does not look like he's a candidate as of this moment, but he's also not available as of this moment to interview anywhere. All right, let's take another quick pause, and I'll come back here and wrap up this edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked on Panthers. But before I do that, let me tell you all about our friends over at TurboTax because it is tax season. Go to TurboTax and 
don't do your taxes, meet with an expert who'll do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes. A lullaby. Hope not taxes. Sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset with, with TurboTax. An expert will do your taxes from start to finish ensuring your taxes are done right guaranteed so you can relax feels good to be done with your taxes doesn't it come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes visit TurboTax.com to learn more into a TurboTax full service products only video meeting while expert does your taxes required see guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees A couple more questions here on the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. Again, at me or DM me to participate next week in the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. Now over to Jake and Percy, who basically have the same question, which I think I answered um, somewhat last week. But Jake asks, um, what does Frank Reich have to get right in his first year? Quarterback decision, OC hire, winning record. Well, Jake, I would say all three would be great. <laughs> if they can do that, um, would absolutely love for him to get a winning record to set up 2024 as the first year for the Panthers to have back-to-back winning records in franchise history in year 30 of Carolina Panthers football. Would love for that to happen. Yes, OC hire needs to get that right. I don't know whether the OC is going to call the plays, but the OC and quarterback coach are both going to play a major role in the development of what I assume is going to be a rookie quarterback here in Carolina. And then, yes, of course, the quarterback decision is important, but I don't know if we'll know after a year whether that is the guy or not. Let's go back a couple years ago, like with the guys who are now second-year players who just completed their second year. Like Zach Wilson did not look great his rookie year, but it wasn't until this past season, his second year, where the Jets are like, whoa, we missed. This guy sucks. Jacksonville, rookie or Trevor Lawrence with Urban Meyer, unmitigated disaster. Was it Trevor? No, it's Urban. Trevor kind of has his struggles a little bit this year early on, but then comes along with Doug Peterson, a former quarterback in the NFL who's won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles with the help of Frank Reich, of course, on his staff. Trevor looked a lot better, still struggled with turnovers. We saw that in that game when they came back against the Chargers. Um, in that second half down, well, they were down like what, 27 or something crazy like that in the playoffs and then won that game, then went to Kansas City, acquitted themselves quite well for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Looks like they got the decision right. Chicago, first year with Justin Fields, not much you can really say there. This past season, running the ball looked great. Luke Getze is his OC, first-year head coach, and um, the former DC up there, uh, Eberflus, Matt Eberflus with the Colts. I don't know if we can we have an answer, but he doesn't look bad. He's got to come along as a passer. Also needs weapons. So if he gets weapons this offseason, maybe we'll find out how good he is. But it, it, you hear what I'm saying. It, t- it takes some time. San Francisco still doesn't know about Trey Lance. Maybe it's Brock Purdy. I have no idea at this point in time. But it takes time before you really have the answer. So, yeah, you would love for him to get the quarterback decision correct and that quarterback to show you signs that they're the guy. But you're not going to know whether he was right or wrong off the bat. It's going to take a couple years and for me give him three four years and you hate to hear that but look in New York four years Daniel Jones kind of figured it out now is he actually the franchise guy long term we'll find out but he took that next step Josh Allen didn't happen instantly like Mahomes 
Watson, like those guys have kind of tainted the way we look at quarterback development because immediately they came out and they were slinging it. Now, Pat had a year to sit out, and Deshaun came out and played a couple games and got hurt. But basically, from the first time they started, they looked like that dude. And now we want those guys to be that immediately. Dak Prescott kind of in a similar manner as well. So you just got to be patient with that. But OC hire, quarterback hire as well, that's important. And then, yeah, you can get it right if you get a winning record. Like I, I think this team should be a winning football team in 2023 based on the expectations I have and what I hope they're going to be able to do this offseason. Now, Percy kind of asked a similar question, um, which is kind of a little bit similar to what was asked last week. Like, what is the minimum performance measure for Frank Wright to be considered successful uh, for the 2023 NFL campaign? Like winning record, yeah, that would be great. Going to the playoffs, obviously that would be great. I really think looking at 2023, a year where, yeah, I want this team to be a playoff team. I want this team to position themselves to be the top team in the NFC South going into the season. I just got an alert um, on my watch from, it looks like, Ian Rappaport, where's my phone? Uh, from Rappaport. I didn't get that. Shut up. <laughs> got Siri yelling at me. Uh, it says the Saints and Raiders already have a framework of a Derek Carr trade in place. A condition for Las Vegas to let the visit happen, uh, but Carr's no trade clause means he controls whatever happens uh, before 4 p.m. on Tuesday, kind of the deadline uh, to send him or to, like, cut him or trade him because of the $40 million that kicks in right then and there. So the Saints look like they're going to have their quarterback. And, again, I think Derek Carr is a good enough player. He got the Raiders to the playoffs. They've been kind of a disaster of an organization of late. I don't think everything was his fault this year. Did he, could he have played better? I'm sure. Did I watch the Raiders play that much? No. Um, but either way, from what I've seen from Derek Carr, he's fine. You can win with him. He's much better than what they had last year at Andy Dalton and then briefly with Jameis Winston. He's an upgrade. So the Saints look like they're going to be the team at this moment in time that are going to be right there, ready to go, top of the NFC South, with Tampa Bay not having an answer at quarterback, with Carolina having not an answer at this moment in time, and in Atlanta being Atlanta. So, for me, yes, you would love to win a division. You would love to have a winning record. But the development of the quarterback is what matters the most. You bring that quarterback in, and we need to see signs. We need to see that they're setting things up for that quarterback to feel comfortable, that they're bringing him along the right way. Not necessarily throw him out there in the fire week one if he hasn't earned it, but bring him along slowly and, and the right time and making sure that his development is not tainted, that you have the offensive line around him, that you need to put the weapons like a pass catching tight end, another wide receiver, and a good running game with that rookie so that they have a chance to show you what they can do early on, that we're not sitting here waiting until year two or three or four before they finally have things set around that player. Like I think now, compared to like 2021, when people wanted Justin Fields drafted, or any of those quarterbacks draft, maybe Mac Jones too, that they are in a better foundation here in Carolina. There's a better foundation here in Carolina for a quarterback of that caliber than there was two years ago. So, yeah, the quarterback development, I think, is the minimum measure, uh, performance measure for Frank Reich, that we see signs from that quarterback, that we see that they're being developed the right way. That's what I'm looking for in 2023. Yes, I want wins. I want to go to the playoffs. But all that's great. But it does not matter if the quarterback is not taking those steps and that you're winning in spite of them, which you don't want to be the case at the end of the season when we're talking again here at the end of January and, of course, in February of 2024. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all be sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel. Check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 
free and available everywhere. Rate, review, and subscribe there so you never miss a single edition of the show. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where you can participate next week in the weekly Friday mailbag. Either at me or DM me there over on Twitter. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Monday.